and welcome to Native Stories. Native Stories exists to share the voices of those connected to the land. Aloha mai kako. You're listening to Native Stories podcast. Mahalo for listening in. Ovao o na nea loko inoa no papukuleo wahu maeo no aoma kaimuki. I am Nanea Lo from Papakolea Oahu, now living on, in Kaimuki. Today we have Carrie Ilima Long, the media and communications contact for Naleo Kako'o, here at Pu'uhuluhulu. Velina Mai Ilima. Velina Mai. Um, so this is another episode of what I call the Mauna series, where we're here live on Moko'o Keawe or Hawaii Island at Pu'u. Pu'u Honua o Pu'u Huluhulu, holding space in solidarity with the Kia'i and protectors of Mauna Awakea, a sacred mountain in the peaceful protest against the 30-meter telescope that has been granted access to be built. Mauna Kea is also the largest mountain in the world. So I'm going to give the mic to Lima so she can introduce herself a little bit. Okay, aloha mai kako. My name is Ilima Long and... I was born in Hilo and raised in Washington State and have been back in Hawaii in my oneha now um, since 2003. Um, I am a PhD student at the University of Hawaii at Manoa um, in the political science department and um, been active in this issue for quite some time. Mahalo. Um, So... Some questions. What has been your involvement involvement here on the Mauna and kind of what events led you here to Pu'u Huluhulu to begin with? Well, um, my involvement in the TMT issue was in 2010. Um, you know, learning about the sacredness of Mauna Kea and about the resistance of our people to prior telescopes um, is something that I had, you know, when I was going to school in Hilo. And and those who were my teachers or my kumus were the ones that were, you know, resisting and, and you know, refusing consent and trying to protect the Mauna in previous telescopes. So when um, in 2010, when it came to light that Mauna Kea was going to be the designated site for this new conceptual telescope called the 30-meter telescope, that was my first year in graduate school at UH Manoa in Hawaiian Studies. And, you know, I totally felt a responsibility to bring the issue to the students because um, I knew it wasn't on most students' radars, um, even in Hawaiian Studies. And so I began to do just kind of teach-ins at classes in Hawaiian studies. I mean, small kind. I just asked, I asked teachers if I could come in and I was giving them kind of the one, two, three facts about the TMT and, and how destructive it would be to the Mauna. And then some time went by and, you know, in 2010, the protectors initiated um, lawsuits in the courts, you know, against different aspects of it. And that you know, kind of took the issue straight into the courts. And the courts are a place that are not that accessible for the masses to engage, you know, in the question of whether or not the TMT will be built on Mauna Kea. But in 2013, I think it was, um, this question of a sublease came about <clears throat> and there was going to be a hearing about it. I think it was in um, at, the, at the BLNR in Honolulu. 
So me and some other students who also felt kuleana to this mountain, which who was Noyao Peralto and Haley Kaili Ehu, got together and kind of strategized a way to bring the issue back into the hearts and minds of the people. And we did that by um, taking advantage of what was called Kaleo Arts Fest. It was an art festival sponsored by the student newspaper. And um, what they did to promote their art fest was they allowed artists to paint murals on the construction walls, you know, around campus, the construction barrier walls. And then we just have to advertise Cleo Arts Fest and the date. So we thought this is a great opportunity to do a mural for Mauna Kea and to kind of call out the university's complicity in this project, right? And the University of Hawaii, of course, um, you know, tags itself as a Hawaiian place of learning. And it's, it's one of its strategic objectives to become a Hawaiian place of learning. It was at that time. So we thought, what a contradiction. And if there's something that really, you know, can can get to people and get them activated, it's to make clear these kinds of contradictions. So we did that. We submitted for this, you know, depiction of Papa Nwakea and this, this beautiful thing. And we put out a flyer. We called in the community and students to come help paint it, you know, so that they would feel invested in it. And Haley, of course, is a muralist. So she, you know, designed the whole thing and, and kind of led the art piece and we wrote a message up there telling the University of Hawaii to stop leading the desecration of Mauna Kea because ultimately the TMT is being forwarded by the University of Hawaii as part of their astronomy research agenda. And the University of Hawaii also holds the lease to the summit of Mauna Kea specifically for the purpose of building countless telescopes. So we called that out. We were hoping for a reaction from the university, you know, so that we could sometimes you got to create controversy. Right. So in the courts, that's not there. I mean, the underlying controversy is there, but there's nothing that is really like hitting the guts of the people because nobody understands, you know, like the legal the legal process is complicated. Legal terminology is complicated. Just the law is complicated. Right. And, and these proceedings happen sporadically in a closed room during the weekday, like people can't access it. So we needed to create some controversy on campus and the university did not react before the student newspaper reacted itself. And they painted over that whole section of our mural. And, you know, the irony is that the the name of the student newspaper is Kaleo Hawaii, right? The voice of Hawaii using Hawaiian language. It could also be translated if you wanted to as the Hawaiian voice. And lo and behold, the Hawaiian voice was being censored by the student newspaper. So that actually worked out perfectly. And, you know, we called a mass rally because the student newspaper was silencing the voice of of Hawaiians on campus, you know, um, which is a place where we are supposed to be able to challenge ideas and, and, um, you know, um, put forward our own. So 200 students came and, and, you know, and faculty, and we had a big rally, and we had a bunch of student groups who stood in solidarity with Hawaiians, and we were able to use that moment to get on the megaphone and educate 200 more students about um, the TMT and the problems with it, right, and and the problems with the university that claimed to be a Hawaiian place of learning forwarding that. So that was kind of a big moment, and then. 
in 20, you know, we, we continued to kind of pull people around this issue. Um, that made the news, you know, the, the, the TMT, the question of the TMT in the courts had not made the news for a long time. But now this idea of Hawaiian students' voices being silenced made the news. And it kind of threw the question of the TMT, the debate around the TMT, back into, into the public sphere. Um, we organized on campus. This At this time, it was a group called Haumana, which was um, mostly led by myself and Andre Perez. And we continued to organize small actions, banner drops, and things like that, and just pull more and more students in to get involved. Um, and then, of course, in 2015, when they attempted construction, you know, everybody went up to the Mauna, up to the 9,000-foot elevation at, at Halepohaku up there in that area. And we went up there. We participated in the blockades. Um, the The June 24th blockade was a big day. We were there. That That's when I went up there. Um, it was on June 24th. And that, of course, sparked sort of like a long-term moratorium and um, or, or a short-term, morator- short-term moratorium, but enough to where the government had to acknowledge that they were not going through the proper processes and then, you know, that they had to see through this contested case hearing. Um, from 2015 until now, I've just been continuing to help organize students, um, train them about how to approach creating actions on campus, how to confront the university, how to confront President Lasner, um, you know, small media trainings. Um, also been involved with Huli, who you might, you know, interview on another another podcast. Um, and that and Huli is a group of a group of us who have done nonviolent direct action trainings, you know, like in the community in preparation for this. So basically, um, what led me here was just all of that. And, you know, when we heard that Governor Ige was going to close the road on July 15th, you know, and, and construction were, was to begin, um, you know, I was part of a larger conversation of what are we going to do? And we got up here and, you know, rolled up on the night of January, I mean, sorry, July 12th, stayed overnight and established the Pu'uhonua the next day. Mahalo for sharing all that because I feel that a lot of folks are kind of, they don't really know that UH, um, the system is kind of a key player in what's going on with the construction of the 30 meter telescope. And I feel that you sharing all of that kind of gives a very well comprehensive view of really this has been happening for a long time. Um, So... How did uh, you get involved with um, Naleo Kako'o here? And yeah, how did the media team emerge and kind of what has been the primary function of it? Sure. Well, I mean, what what's awesome about the Pu'uhonua is everything that has come about here has been organic and emergent. You know, in other words, none of this was planned out. I mean, the only thing that was planned out prior to us getting here was that we were coming here. Um, you know, and this concept of a Pu'uhonua. So once we got here, um, you know, and the word went out, like our numbers started to grow and grow and grow. And some of our uh, local, not local, but Kanaka 
um, small media groups started to show up and be like, okay, we're going to start just shooting and seeing what we can do to help. And for the first few days, maybe even the first week or so, everybody was just kind of scattered and doing their own thing. And then we, we kind of realized that we needed to pull some people together and that like these people who have all the, all of these great skills, um, need a space so we took over the uh, hunter check-in station. We just kind of made a space for them, brought them in. Um, these are folks like Kanayo Kana, um, some people from OEV TV, um, our friend Mikey Inouye and, and some of his crew, and just, you know, kind of just pulling in and, and cycling through the Kanaka photographers, videographers, you know, social media, hammers, like that kind of thing. And our team has, you know, it just was brought together when we realized it needed a space and to be brought together in communication. Since then, a really awesome, talented, committed, cohesive media team, you know, exists now. And they're in communication. Everybody has different roles. They're constantly paying attention to what the media is reporting about this and sort of strategizing what are, you know, what are the messages out there that are beneficial to us? What are the me messages out there that are not beneficial to us? How much weight do those unbeneficial messages have? And, you know, do we need to put our cameras on to tell our story? You know, so what... um you know, for the first four days up here, we were on the front line confronting law enforcement and police. Since then, you know, the Kupuna have held that line because we're not letting any TMT construction vehicles up. But also there's this other battle being fought, which is the battle of the story. And we have a wonderful story to tell here. And it's the story of Kapu Aloha. It's the story of our connection and commitment to Mauna Kea. It's the story of Hawaiians unifying and coming together. It's the story of the Pu'uhonua and the way that people are coming up here and everybody is awamuing kuleana and making sure that this place is functioning, that this place can receive the thousands of Hawaiians who come in on the weekends to kind of check out what's going on or to be here to help hold space if need be. Um, so, you know, the story that we're up against from the TMT or, you know, from the state, if you get a chance to look at that one press conference from Governor Ige, the first press conference I think he had after we established this place, where he tried to paint us out as, you know, this sort of ruckus space that had drugs and alcohol and threats of violence and so, like, that's what Ige is able to say about us. So we had to counter that, right? And so, you know, everybody who was on the media here just started to highlight what's actually going on here, which is actually the opposite of that, you know. Um, making sure that, you know, our media team helps make sure that mainstream media knows where to be when we do press conferences, you know, when and where, Um knows, you know, who's going to come, like when we had Governor Ige show up, you know, or even David Lasner um, show up to the Kupuna line, 
um, for the world to be able to see how respectfully they were treated um, under Kapu Aloha um, is an important counter story to us being these, you know, whatever it is, you know, just kind of crazy, threatening Hawaiians that are down here with nothing better to do. So our media team's primary purpose is to, one, help liaison with mainstream media, help the mainstream media get our story out, and two, to get our story out in and of itself. And how that happens is, like I said, paying attention to what's out there, being in communication with leadership here as leadership develops, you know, determines kind of what what we need and what to do. There's discussion that circles through leadership and the media team. And then, you know, the media team is on it. And they've also just been sort of, you know, on their own covering classes at the university. Um, they've been helping to tape full classes and put them on our Pu'uhuluhulu YouTube channel so that the the you know the whole lahui and the whole world can access um the the amazing classes that are being taught up here at Pu'uhuluhulu University which we established and then um they've been taping you know um the kupuna tent and during ceremony every day at the end of ceremony anybody can come forward and bring ho'okupu bring offerings to the kupuna in a, in a sort of ceremonial way and that's been really awesome to capture because it shows who's showing up for us, you know. So they've been they've captured like the Tongan delegation, the Samoan delegation, the, you know, the delegation of pastors that came to show support, the Komeme School's alumni. So it's like the whole the whole Lahui is showing up and it's at that that place of Ho'okupu that you can see who's really coming up here. And these are people that have not necessarily shown support before or who have not taken any positions on things before or who, you know, we may have been in confrontation with before, had tensions with before, you know. So they do a lot. They're busy from morning until night. And um, yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah, they are wonderful. I see them all over the place trying to capture everything um how many folks are on the media team has it grown or shrunk or can you tell me about that sure it um I don't know how many people are on the media team right now but it grows and shrinks every day because everybody kind of rotates out and then comes in you know when they can and everybody on our media team you know has other jobs and regular lives and so like everybody else here, they've been up here sort of at the expense of their regular lives and regular jobs. And just because they are committed to, you know, um, getting the truth out. And so some days we have, you know, up to eight folks around. And, and this, like I said, this includes social media and photographers and stuff like that. And some days we have, you know, two or three. So... Um, it's always in flux. And um, how many different media outlets are there? I know because in today's day and age, there's podcasts, there's YouTube, there's like a thousand other social networks, and then there's, you know, regular TV. So can you tell us what specific outlets that are 
stamped Pu'uhuluhulu certified or official. Yeah, we have um, Pu'uhonuo Pu'uhuluhulu Facebook page. We have our um, Twitter and Instagram and a YouTube channel. And we have a website, Pu'uhuluhulu.com. And um, those are the sort of vetted Pu'uhuluhulu platforms. Um, Kanayo Kana is an amazing page to um, look at. They've been producing a lot of work. Um, um, what is the name of the other one? The The company is Four Mile. It's Kaleo Oivi, I think. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. But um, there's that one and then Oivi TV. So, and then there's Kako'o Haleakala, Tiare Lawrence. Um, all of these... You know, um, all of these groups have been working together, sharing each other's work, cross-posting. Um, so social media is definitely our strength. It's totally, totally our strength. Um, but our team does a really good job at fielding requests from national media, international media, local media, communicating with local media. So in terms of TV and things like that, you know... Um, you know, written form, um, our media team is is helping them to get our story out there. Um, but our strength is definitely like, yeah, digital media and social media. Mahalo. So you mentioned about us having or you all having an international presence here. Can you let me know um, what kind of nations have came and can you speak about that and how the process of kind of communicating with them has been? Well, actually, that's a little bit. The communication side has been a little bit outside of the kuleana of the media team. We just kind of find out that they're coming and we go and we cover them. But, I mean, we've had, like I said, we've had Tongan, um, Samoan, two Samoan, I think, groups. Um, Maori groups come. So there's this really awesome Pacific, like, solidarity thing that has come through this. We had a whole Filipino delegation come that I didn't see, but I heard was really awesome. If you just take a look across the street at the um, Kupuna tent side, you'll see flags of native nations. I've seen Muckleshoot over there in Puyallup. Those are both from Washington State. Um, we've had stand folks from Standing Rock come over here and do ceremony and present themselves to the Kupuna. Um, yeah, and I'm and I'm honestly not even sure. I, there's probably plenty, plenty that I've missed. I know that this Friday, a Fijian delegation is coming. Um, so yeah, there's been lots of groups. There's, you know, um, there's been a lot of ground support from members of local organizations that are in solidarity with us, like Affirm Hawaii and Democratic Socialists of Honolulu. Um, you know, there's so so yeah. There's local solidarity. There's sort of Pacific solidarity, international solidarity, and it's because we know that we are on the right side. You know, we everybody is taking a stand and saying enough, uh, determining our relationship to the Mauna and determining what happens to the Mauna from those who have you know, basically corporate 
or academic interests. Like the the determination of what happens to this mountain needs to come from the people who descend from it. And that's Kanaka. And 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 more and more people, I think, understand, especially in this moment in 2019, that that is the direction we have to support and go in because we we make decisions for our land based off of principles of Aloha'ina, not off of, you know, academic accolades or publishing, you know, or, um, you know, money potential, profit potential, things like that. Um, so, so we're on the right side. So there's lots of solidarity. Speaking of solidarity, I know that a lot of folks, um, who aren't able to be on the Mauna want to know where do they send their letters of support or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, who do they specifically contact or do they just go to the website? Yeah, there's a couple ways. So if you want to send something uh, like an email, we have an email address. It's p.puuhuluhulu at gmail.com. If your organization wants to make a statement of support, um, supporting the Kia'i and opposing the TMT, that is much appreciated and much wanted. And that can be created, you know, posted on social media, tag us. It can be sent to our email address and we'll be sure and post that as well. Um, and then... We also have a mailbox. So one day, one of the brothers, um, you know, in Lalahui presented himself in ceremony for Ho'okupu. And he was carrying a five-gallon bucket that was cemented in with a mailbox post and a mailbox on top. And it was, he was reinstituting the Hawaiian Kingdom postal system and gave the kupuna a mailbox with the Hai Hawaii on it. It's sitting up at their tent. The only way to get mail in it is to hand deliver it because we're still working on fully implementing that postal system for us. But there is a mailbox up there. And so this is a great opportunity for schools, local schools, or groups who are coming up and they know they're going to visit anyways, is to have some people write a letter to the kupuna or to the kia'i and go put it in the mailbox and it just makes everybody's day to be able to like open that mailbox and see that there's some letters in there. Mahalo for um, giving that kahea to all of the local schools because I was thinking about that too, that, you know, it'd be great, a great learning experience for our haumana across the Paiaino Hawaii to come and really witness what, um, has to offer and the really educational experience that you all have been providing here that brings me into a education and i know education in general i mean throughout this interview um has been strategic in educating folks um would you speak a little bit on what is your views on education and how is it incorporated in here and why it's really important i guess Sure. Um, this is going to reveal kind of the many hats that I wear, though. Um, so, you know, what this this sort of approach of creating this space and the people coming, I mean, after the Kupuna got arrested, it just moved so many people into this issue and, and brought them up here. So we had tons of people up here, like the first, second weekend, and, and I realized that we needed 
to give them something to do. And I work at Native Hawaiian Student Services. And what we do there is we create programming. And I knew that we needed programming. And I knew that we had all of the talent and resources, you know, among the masses of people who are coming up here to do that. So this idea of creating teach-ins um, over here came to my mind. And I and I called a group of folks that I knew were reliable, Presley um, being one of them, Amok Sang, and asked them to go find all of the kumuns that are out here, all of the people with Ike out here, and see if they can get them to teach for an hour the next day. Um, they started getting on that. I was thinking about it. I was like, we're going to call this Pu'uhuluhulu University. Um, and the next day, I think we had 20 to tw- yeah, 20 classes lined up. And we found a big open space on the lava field that just so happened to work for people, you know, gathering. And we opened it up to the masses. And all of those classes were really, really full. So to your question, the importance of education, first of all, we are here because we are an educated people. We are, you know, the fight for Mauna Kea right now and this establishment of a pu'uhonua and this strong, strong stand that we've taken that the state doesn't know what to do about is a result of us reclaiming our education over the past couple of generations, right? And what that means is is reclaiming our language and struggling to institute Hawaiian language medium in the school system, you know, um, or Hawaiian language medium education in our regular school systems. Um, it's been struggling to create Hawaiian studies programs um, where we can dig into our own history and recover a history that ha- that was taken away from us, right? That our mind was, there was an attempt to erase our minds by banning our language and shaming us out of our language, you know, and beating our language out of us. They needed to do that so we couldn't access our history and our mo'olelo and our things that made us Hawaiian. So, you know, establishing Hawaiian studies, you know, revitalizing Hawaiian language, you know, studying, being having spaces to study the chants and the mele, the proliferation of hula halal, which is another, you know, institution of learning and, and, and knowledge for Hawaiians, cultural practices. So we're here because of a result of education and education is something we have always, always valued. Um, So with that said, the other side of that coin is there are people here. There are so many Kanaka here who are so highly educated and they all have their own expertise. And whether they were educated through research in the academy or whether they're educated because they've been farming kalo their whole lives or, you know, just whatever, experience, practice, you know, um, study. There's so much Ike that has converged here. And yet there's so many of our people who have not been able to access that Ike or people, you know, parts of our law who we have a particular kind of Ike, like they can grow medicinal plants and, you know, create la'o lapa'o and heal you from a sickness but they never necessarily had the chance to study the political history of the Hawaiian kingdom, right? So all of that is converging here. So at Pu'uhuluhulu University, it's all up there and it's for everybody to access, you know, because if you're here, you're not working, you don't got to make time, you know, like if you're here, you're not working that day, I mean, you know, um, you don't got to enroll, you don't got to pay any money, like all of that Ike is here. And so 
we're here as a result of our consciousness being raised through education. And we are also using this place to continue to raise everybody's consciousness through education. Mahalo for that. Okay, so wrapping it up, um, can you tell everybody again, how do they stay connected to you all? And also, I forgot to ask this, um, if contingencies want to come here and really show support at one of the ceremonies, um, how do they do that as well? Well, um, ceremony is held every day at 8 o'clock a.m., 12 in the afternoon, and 6 p.m., and ceremony, you should come and, and join one of those ceremonies, be a part of that. So it starts then, it starts with prayer, and then it goes into some hula, and then the they offer, I mean, sorry, they open up um, for ho'okupu, which is, you know, your time to present your, yourself or present your family or present your organization or present your hui, whatever it is, um, and offer whatever it is you'd like to offer. So you just come, you just let, you know, um, Auntie Pua case or, or whatever leadership is there know that you're here to give ho'okupu and they will, they will situate you and guide you through the whole process. Um, you also don't have to present ho'okupu or present yourself so formally if you want to come. Everybody can just come. And there's plenty of space to sit, bring your own chair, of course, your own chairs, bring some food. Um, but there's many ways to engage up here. If you want to present formally, 8 o'clock, 12 and 6 p.m., that's all you need to know. Okay, thank you. Um, yes, so if you guys want to follow Pu'uhuluhulu, like Ilima said, they have a YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram um, and web page all of them can are searchable on google Hulu Hulu. Um, and if you want to follow us please do we have a facebook and an instagram our native stories um, download our app native stories and also follow our podcast on native stories and mahalo ilima again for joining us and we look forward to everybody listening in again ahuiho ahuiho aloha Thank you for listening to us on Native Stories. If you have a story you would like us to tell or want to sponsor a future podcasts, location story, or walking tour, please email us at infonativestories.org. At